my name is Emily Lehman, and this is In Layman's Terms podcast. All right. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Today, I have Sabrina Oso. She is the founder and CEO of Oso Safe. She is a TEDx speaker, domestic violence speaker, real estate agent, and consultant on promoting safety and preventing violence in the workplace, schools, and in places of residence. Sabrina's personal and professional experience with the subject allows her to bring a unique and holistic approach to everyone that is listening. How are you today, Sabrina? I'm very well, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> of course. I'm so excited to have you and see kind of what everything about Oso oh Safe is. When was Oso oh Safe founded? Uh, it's been a few years now, um, and I've gone through several uh, name changes, um, but it actually started out as a one woman show. Um, I'm a dancer. And uh, I started dancing late uh, because I, I, I am a survivor of violence. My father beat my mother on a regular basis. I've had years of therapy on and off to be able to say that comfortably. Um, and we are big, big proponents of therapy at Oso Safe, And I could discuss that later. But um, yeah, I, my therapist said to me, look, Sabrina, you have to pursue dancing. You couldn't do it when you were younger, younger. So you need to pursue it. So I did. Um, and I heavily, I was in New York City. Uh, I live in New Jersey in close proximity to New York, luckily. So I shuffled between um, uh, Alvin Ailey Steps and Broadway Dance Center. And I was completely submerged in the dance world. Um, it was where my heart was. And uh, I was taking 12 classes a week, auditioning like crazy, I was going through all all the five boroughs auditioning and and I got gigs and um, and then I said to myself, let me just write my one my a show, my one woman show. So it just really flowed naturally. And I and and the show is called Home Sweet Home. And I play different women being abused. And then she goes to her good place. That's where the dancing comes in. But then she's pulled back into the terror of violence, of abuse. But the show ends really strong, really empowering. And I did a lot of research for the show. And I could not believe the statistics I was finding. Um, I was blown away. I said, wow, this is really prevalent on so many levels. So I said to myself, I need to make this into a business. Uh, I'm not a charity. I'm not a nonprofit. Um, I want to make an impact on people, whether they're going through violence or not. And the way to do that is by being a, a bona fide business with paid services, paid products. That's how that's our take on it anyway. So that's how Oso Safe was born, really, from my one woman show. And uh, I'm proud to say that because um, it's turning pain into power. And I still dance. In fact, I did my one woman show with my dance students at the time. Also, I, I included them and it was very exciting. Um, I was so grateful. And uh, and I incorporate dance and acting in, in, in a lot of what I do, um, especially when I go into schools and universities. So I hope I answered your question, Emily. <laughs> yeah, no. So it seems like dancing for you is really your outlet. And I know that a lot of people who are listening 
while trying to recover or heal whatever process they're doing, you know, you're really trying to find an outlet, um, a new hobby or something to pick up to replace what you might have been numbing. Um, so finding that and explaining how important that is to the audience, I think, is very important that people find that other outlet. Yes, yes. Um like I said, I, I, I could not even think about dance in, in my household. There was no one to take me. Uh, I, I couldn't even mention it. Um, so I had to put it on the back burner, the way, way back burner. And when I moved out, uh, I moved out at 21 and I was heavily clubbing. <laughs> I was so free. I, I said, wow, this is great. And I was, like I said, I lived close proximity in the city and I was, a heavy duty clubber. My favorite music is techno and house and um, tribal and trans. And I was heavily club hopping. I was, it was so freeing. And, and I just took the floor. I was, yeah. And I would always get compliments and, and my therapist said, you need to pursue this, you know? Um, and, and I always had it in the back of my mind, obviously. So I said, let me, let me go. And, and I started in, in New Jersey going to dance classes, but I said, no, I, I gotta be in New York. I have to be in New York. And, um, and I met a lot of people in the, in the club scene. Yeah. It was very exciting. And, um, yeah. And it was an outlet. I, I was like, it's just, woo, you know, like just really free. And it was great. It was a great time. Um, a lot of releasing uh, on many regards, you know, so, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And so you said, I've also, um, I've been a participant in therapy for a long time and you said you've been in therapy for a while. So I would love to hear about how therapy has really helped you and changed your mindset and put you on a better path for those, you know, who are listening, who might be a little skeptical of therapy. I know sometimes people don't really want to dive into therapy, but having a sounding board is, you know, it's pretty great sometimes. Yes. Yes. And I'm so glad that you bring it up and that you make it a focal point um, in what you do. As we say it also safe, any therapy is better than no therapy. And we also say that um, there's no shame in getting help. The shame is in not getting help. So I um, in college, uh, there was psychological services at, at Montclair State. I went to Montclair State University um, in New Jersey. And, and I had a friend uh, that I felt safe enough to confide in because I was silent. From 16 to 19 years old, I was very, very suicidal. If it wasn't for therapy, I would not be here today for sure. And I felt safe around this one friend. We were in a lot of classes together, chemistry, uh, calculus. And she cried with me uh, when I was telling her what was happening in my house. And she said, and I felt so safe with her. And uh, she said, Sabrina, you have to go see someone. You have to go to therapy. And she wasn't like pushy about it at all. She was being my friend. And, and I said to her, yeah, but I'm not the one doing the abusing. My parents are. And she said, yes, but if you go get help, it'll help your parents. And that really resonated with me for some reason. 
So I don't know how much time lapsed from when I spoke to her to when I actually went to therapy using the psychological services at Montclair State. And I could still remember. uh, And I was very afraid. I was doubting, you know, like all the noise in your head, like this is stupid. What am I doing this for? Uh, What if somebody sees me? What if somebody finds out? the shame. I'm so scared. All of that is noise. But because I think my friend didn't give up on me and she would just check in with me. Did you go? I hope you go. I think that helped me to just push. And, and, and I couldn't use the excuse of money because it was included in the tuition. So I couldn't say, Oh, I couldn't afford it because it was free. So I mustered up the courage. I still remember this. It was one day during the week. And I I remember the steps and psychological services was on my right side, the sign. And I went in there. And like I said, I was scared. I was, but I I mustered up the courage. I made an appointment and I saw Dr. O'Connell. And that was a turning point for me. Um, And I saw her and it helped a lot. And I advise people, you're going to feel scared. You're going to doubt yourself. You're going to feel that this is a big mistake. Go anyway, just make that appointment. And you may have to try on a few therapists for size. Don't let that discourage you. Not all therapists are created equal. So you may have to try on two, three, four until you you find the right fit. Let that be okay, because a good test of of the therapist that fits you is if you leave that session a little less heavy. Bingo. That's your therapist. That's the best way I can describe it. Um, And then after Dr. Dr. O'Connell, she said, look, Sabrina, you have to continue therapy. So I think I went to her for a good semester, maybe a year. And then I went to the therapist that I still see to this day. And we're talking years. And I go to her off and on. And she has helped me so much. Um, I'm going to start crying, so I'm not going to cry. But she has... When I went to her, like I said, I felt a little less heavy and she really puts things in perspective for me. And she said, Sabrina, you are night and day from when you first came to me to now. Night and day, she said, you you were so desperate. You were so negative. You were so. Yes, just. And and she said, I'm you know, you stuck it out. You, you kept going, even though, um, you know, you go through a lot of emotions, you know, and and as we say it also safe, let that be okay. It's normal. It's just normal. And, and, um, it's an, an important part of healing therapy, whether it be group, whether it be individual, whether it be, um, a mix of both, And now you have your choice, whether you text or email or on the phone or in person. Like right now, I've been speaking to my therapist just over the phone because she hasn't opened up in-person sessions yet uh, because of COVID. 
But um, yeah, I'm so glad that you do wellness and mental health. As far as I'm, as far as we're concerned at Oh So Safe, everybody needs a therapist. There is no way that you can handle things by yourself, really, especially now with COVID and everyone's going through something. And that should be therapy is a good tool to have just at your disposal. You never know what when you need it. And if you're not going through anything major, it's good to have because then when something happens that's heavy, you have your therapist, you know, and um, actually, I, I, I want to talk about uh, maybe later on in the interview, we are offering something for for real estate, uh, the real estate industry. We make therapy a required standard condition of residency where we assign therapists to properties. And I could talk about this later on in the interview, but we're saying we have assigned therapists to properties and we're saying to landlords and tenants, get your properties also safe certified. And this is part of your rent. It's part of residency. And we could explain wow. this further. But yeah, I, I, I just wanted to introduce that. Um, yeah, that's so, so amazing. That is so cool. Because I mean, therapy is expensive. I mean, regardless of healthcare and I'm not a healthcare wizard, it's all so above me, but I mean, the access of being able to have therapy, I feel like it's so hard. Like I'm going through right now, the process of trying to find the right therapist for me. I'm kind of bouncing around right now. I just recently moved to Los Angeles. I've been here a few years, so I'm getting back into therapy and I've had appointments. I've canceling. I'm supposed to have someone call me today. And it's just like, the accessibility is, it's very hard to, I've, you know, you can use psychologytoday.com to kind of find therapists in your area if anyone is listening. But I, I mean, just for me, I've been struggling as well. So, and I think the cost of therapy is just so expensive for some people. And I think that kind of scares them away from therapy, which I find to be very unfortunate. Right, right. Um, I, I I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I I tell people for right now because this is a, a new service that we're we're launching that we're introducing into will the market. Will that service be um, nationwide, or will it just be in your state? The goal is to make this global, not only local but state to state, nationwide, and then the vision that we have is definitely global. Um, I say to people, no matter, even if, uh, no matter your religious affiliation, try, um, even if you're not religious, I I'm not religious. I, I am spiritual. I consider myself spiritual, but if you go to your local, any local synagogue, temple, or church, they offer free psychological services at times. Try it out. I say that to people okay. where it is free, even if it's for six weeks or maybe a couple of months, especially with COVID, try it out, I say, because those you could find anywhere. Um, but I, I, I understand it is expensive. What we are introducing into the market is like I said, it's part of residency with our oh so safe home sweet home package. 
And in this package, it consists of a policy, a seminar, an app, and therapists. So it's all part of residency. Um, and right now, we're just focusing on the landlord-tenant portion of the industry because it's the path of least resistance. We want this to carry over over all residency, whether you rent, whether you own, whether you have a mortgage or not, it doesn't matter. And we're saying, as far as the policy, uh, this is an addendum to existing leases, and it basically states Mr. and Ms. Landlord, hire us. We'll get your property Oso Safe certified by you purchasing the Oso Safe Home Sweet Home package. And the policy is basically saying, I, as a landlord, I promise to provide you a safe space for you to live. You, in turn, as my tenant, you promise to not act in any way, shape, or form that is abusive. Otherwise, you, the abuser only, gets immediately evicted from the premises. And we go into full knowledge knowing that that would be the consequences. And then the rest of the family unit can stay so long as that as so long as they could still pay the rent or the mortgage, if you will. Okay. So that way, um, the advantages for a landlord is that you mitigate liability, you maintain property reputation, your vacancy rates will drop and your tenants will feel safe. Then there is a seminar. And in this seminar, we educate everybody, both new and existing tenants, on facts, statistics, warning signs, definitions of abuse, the difference between abuse and discipline. So that way, it's a practice. We practice safety. It's not just one and done. The way we see it at Oso Safe, you never know when an episode of violence or abuse can happen. So that way you're prepared and this diminishes the chances. So that way people are educated. You're not just leaving it up to the wind, tossing it up to chance. Then there is an app. So this is the technology portion of it where it detects violent like movements. And for example, for a landlord, let's say they have 10 units. Wow, I just saw in my unit two. And in my unit 10, you just beat the crap out of her or you just beat the crap out of your kids. This is grounds for eviction. I have it right here as proof. And then the therapists, this is a part of your residency to say, look, in an Oso safe certified property, you're held to a higher regard, a higher standard. You are required to check in with your therapist once a month to make sure everything is okay. Do you feel that something is looming? So it's a part of your residency now. Once a month, you check in. If there's something that is that is looming, let's say your kid comes home and they have bad grades, or they just told you that they're pregnant, or they just told you that they're gay, you're not going to beat them up. You're not going to verbally disparage them. You work it out with the therapist, and it's on a scaled fee if you will, between the tenant and the therapist. So it's a part of residency now. Um, I, we feel that this is a much better approach and this is all part of wellness all around. Um, so, and then if and, if and when violence happens, there's more details that go into it, but just to, for the sake of time to introduce this on your, on your show, on your podcast, um, this is what we are introducing into the real estate market. I think that is, I've never even heard anything like that. I think that is just so fucking awesome. I mean, to be <laughs> able to, 
I mean, in the cost of living, I mean, where I live is already so expensive and to have something like that thrown in, I mean, that is just such, that would be such a blessing. I mean, I think what you're doing will help so many people and that's so amazing. I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. Yeah, we're, Thank you, we're really, we're really uh, pushing this and, uh, any opportunity, um, like, and also we're, we're just to throw in, we're, we're making this also, uh, financially profitable for a landlord, because let's face it, money talks. Mm -hmm. So like, what's the advantage for a landlord? Well, we're speaking to people in the real estate industry to say, look, if you get your property also safe certified due to all of the components that I just mentioned, your property will be worth more and your insurance rates will go down. So that way it's a financial incentive for a landlord because you're actually taking steps to keep your tenants safe, your residents safe beyond the heat, hot water, electricity, central air, making sure everything is up to code. That's great. But if you're not keeping your tenants safe, all everything else is secondary, you know? So, um, I love that you're so funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's just being more proactive, if you no, will. It is, and I think that's so important. But to change, I guess, directions a little bit to you growing up in an abusive family, and for those that are listening and who might be listening or who are kind of in a situation like that and are wondering who can I reach out to? Where can I find help? Or like, how do I find a safe space? How do I find a community? What would you tell those people that are listening, people who are in um, a domestic situation at home? Yes. Uh, documenting is very important. Uh, documenting any which way that you can, whether it be on your phone, whether it be um, I mean, on our app, we have that capability, uh, but it's being updated right now. Um, know that it's not your fault. You're not alone and things will get better. Uh, positivity is really important. Although if you just got beat up, if you got verbally disparaged, if you just got sexually assaulted by someone that is supposed to be your safety person, uh, that is, it's hard to stay positive. Um, it's worth mentioning again, therapy is really, really important to reach out to any form of therapy whatsoever. Um, and, and, and we understand that confidentiality is very important. There's a lot of shame that goes into this whole aspect of when it happens. I could tell you to call the 800 numbers, to go to a shelter, to a nonprofit. However, you're going to call the police, right? Then there's going to be a possible restraining order. And we are big proponents of restraining orders. Uh, definitely. I mean, I did, I, I got one against my father, actually. Uh, this was a, a long time ago. Um, but after that, then you have to hire a lawyer. They're expensive. You, if there's children involved, it makes everything a hundred times even more complicated than you're dealing with mediators, parent coordinators. You're dealing with, uh, like I said, expensive lawyers and then perhaps child protective service agencies and ultimately judges. I have to say, Emily, at least on the East Coast, my personal and professional experience with all of that that I just mentioned they make matters almost worse 
Um, and even judges, I have to say so many of them, they make horrible matters even worse, especially for the children, because the children are really abused in this regard. So the abused child, they're dragged out in this whole procedure for months that turn into a year, like even a year, two years. And the parents are fighting the, and the judge, at least on the East coast, my experience, the judges don't even make it mandatory to say, all of you need therapy, like the parents, the abusive parents, or if the parents are divorced uh, on the East coast, they don't even make that a requirement so, which I don't even understand. You see that there is conflict here. There's abuse, violence, chaos, dysfunction. And I don't even understand why judges don't make that mandatory to, for everyone needs to get therapy. The whole family needs to get family therapy. Um, and what, what the judge does is, they get therapy, perhaps they suggest it for the child, but it's not the child that's the problem. It's the abusive parents. So what I what I want to say is that get us hired, get us hired into your buildings, into your residences, get us into your kids' schools and universities, get us into your workplaces, because we focus on those three markets schools, workplaces, and your places of residence. Because we, we consult with a small team of lawyers on everything that we do. And I have one lawyer, she specializes in family law, divorce. When I told her about the Oso Safe certification, she, she said, Sabrina, you are short-circuiting the entire process in a good way. Because what would you need a lawyer and child protective services and a judge for if you get the property also safe certified, you nip it in the bud, you get the abuser out, the rest of the family can stay, you get therapy as a regular part of residency. Um, they don't have to uproot their lives. Um, you have the landlord involved or the property owner involved. This is great. You're short circuiting the entire thing. What do you need to go before a judge for? Um, so this is this is my advice. Um, yes, uh, you document it. Go to therapy. Know that you're not alone. It's not your fault. And and what we like to say is know the warning signs of an abuser of a victim that could save your life. You don't want to repeat the same mistakes. You don't want to get involved with someone who was your ex-husband or your ex-wife or your ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend. You want to know that, wow, he's trying to control my money. That's a warning sign. If she is telling me don't hang out with your friends or family that you've known all your life, that's a warning sign. Um you don't want to repeat the same type of relationship. You want to know that you deserve to be in a good relationship. A, a good relationship has um, positivity and empowerment and encouragement, not negativity and, and secrecy and 
um, that you're controlled and dominated and manipulated, all of that is abuse. I hope I answered your question. (laughs) Oh, you did. And could you, for those who are listening, could you give some signs, some warning signs of someone who might be an abuser, a manipulator? Yes. Um, Warning signs, like I mentioned, if they try to control your money in any way, uh, they try to be on your account. If they try to change the way you dress, let's say you're really into fashion, you like mini skirts, you like you're very well endowed, <laughs> you 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 are you have cleavage, great, you know you you like fashion. If they try to say, look, oh, I'm very jealous. Uh, I don't like it when guys look at you. Um, and then they try to cover you up. These are warning signs. Um, if if you have uh, a loss of appetite, um, maybe you all of a sudden you liked hamburgers. And now because he or she was telling you, you know, babe, uh, you really shouldn't eat that. That's all controlling, controlling mechanisms. Um, if they are, if they try to isolate you, that's a big one from people that you have known all your life, friends, family, uh, distant family members, um, that, that is a big warning sign. If you are, um, if you're put down, if you're being called a bitch, a slut, a whore, a tramp, a sleazy, a floozy, a bimbo, a thought, a skank, all of that is warning signs um, that even in they they disguise it as in good humor or just, oh, I'm just saying that. No, th- those are warning signs. They're putting you down. Um, if you are, if you find out that they previously abused other partners don't think that you are going to be the exception chances are you are you are going to you're next you're the next person any physical abuse pulling hair spitting punching kicking slapping um shoving pushing sexual assault uh, verbal disparage, disparagement, you're a brat, you're a monster, you're a prissy, a prissy little bitch, you're ungrateful. Uh, all of that is abuse. Um, any, any, even it, it may seem innocent, like, and it's not like shoving or pulling hair or shaking you. That's all abuse. Any one of those. It's not like, oh, it's a combination. No, any one of those. Um, one minute, one minute they're okay, and the next minute they're pounding their fist. They use jealousy as a way to, and, and they put it on you. Well, you're the one that made me slap you. No, <laughs> you slapped me. It was your hand on my face or on my shoulder. Or uh, so these are all warning signs of, of an abuser. Um, just to name a few off the top of my head. As a victim, if you're being you're, you're isolated from, from people. Like I said, if you're, if you have to change the way you look, if you're, if you were your loss of appetite, loss of sleep, um, all of a sudden you find yourself after a meal, you're anorexic or bulimic. These are big warning signs. And then you're, you're kind of making excuses for your, for your abuser. Oh, I, I shouldn't have taken out the garbage 
until the kids were asleep. It's my fault. Those are all warning signs. Um, and if you are not in a contractual living arrangement with that person, run, 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 leave smoke, leave smoke. I'm Halle- out of there. Yes. Halle Berry actually said that I remember cause she, the actress, she grew up with violence and her mother had told her anybody that lays a hand on you, you leave smoke. And, and I like that phrase. Um, although if you are in a contractual residential, uh, uh, um, you know, you sign a lease with someone we're, we're saying, no, don't leave. You stay right where you are. Like if you're dating someone, then you got to leave, you know, but if you're living with someone, whether married, whether just cohabiting, no, you, you're the one that should stay. It's the abuser that ha- that has to leave. Um, so that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to flip the script. Um, I hope I didn't confuse you. <laughs> and for those who are listening, sometimes I think, and you know, I've done it in the past. Oh, it was just a shove or, oh, it was just a this or, and you just kind of let those things go on until like the next big thing happens and you want to avoid the next big thing. You don't want to put yourself in danger. So I think making the audience aware of you know, what those red flags are and maybe they're experiencing someone they don't know. So bringing awareness to that, I think is just so, so important. Right, exactly. And yes, good point. The The next episode of violence will, will always be worse than the pre- previous one. It'll always escalate. It's never going to get better. And so another warning sign, I have to say, if, if I may, pornography. Pornography is a big driver of violence. We're not talking about sexual freedom at all. Pornography is the opposite of sexual freedom. I'm not talking about erotica. You want to make your apartment, your house into a jungle and and dress up as monkeys and go at it and have wonderful orgasms. Wonderful, wonderful. But pornography, it's 88.2% physical aggression towards women. And in that umbrella of pornography is sex trafficking, child rape, child sex trafficking, um, prostitution, and another branch of it that is that has come to my attention that I think slips under the radar is a financial dominatrix. She it's actually a female doing the abusing. She should be actually called a paid sex abuser. And these women are extremely dangerous, manipulative, and dominating. They will stop at nothing to get what they want. And the scary part of a financial dominatrix is that it's legal and it's consensual. So, and, and she is the one either on video, on camera, or in person. She is saying very convulsing, revolting, abusive dominating things to her client and and these women prey on submissive men and they could have children and then they can kind of rope them in and live with them and they can marry them or just be in a dating relationship but she is an abuser on and off camera 
and she is a master at verbal abuse. So I, I, I've been saying this in all of my interviews, podcasts, because like I said, they slip under the radar and these women pose as upstanding citizens. Meanwhile, like they could be part of our PTA. They, they live in regular houses. It sounds like they're in some Playboy mansion and they are dangerous, manipulative, dominating individuals. And I'm hoping that what they do does become illegal um, because, like I said, they're, they're abusers, basically. And it's all under the umbrella of pornography, if you will. So that is a big warning sign. If your partner is looking at porn, it's just a big driver of violence, period. Um, like I said, it's not about sexual freedom. It's it, it, that is the it's the opposite. Yeah, that's very interesting. I'm glad you shared that. I That makes sense. I'm not sure if I was aware of that before, but listening to you explain that makes a lot of sense. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you for letting me say that. I think more and more people need to know about it. And it's come to my attention fairly recently. So I'm like, I have to incorporate this with Oh So Safe. Yeah. Because it's all there. It's all part of it, you know. Yeah, it all comes full circle, you know. Right, right. Well, Sabrina, this has been so amazing. Where can, obviously, Oso oh Safe has a website, you're on social media. Where can the audience find you if anyone wants to look up your websites, inquire about your real estate services, all the good stuff? Where can people find you at? Yes, uh, my website is ososafe.com. Uh, my email address, my direct email is sabrina at ososafe.com. Uh, there is a tab on my website to book us for speaking engagements, seminars, workshops, and all that good stuff. Um, and it also goes into detail uh, property owners, landlords, uh, property managers, if they want to hire us to get their properties also safe certified. We really do believe that this will catch on in a big way. The more that time goes on, uh, that people will want nothing less than an Oso Safe certified property because it's about safety. Um, I am on all the major social media platforms, like you mentioned, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Instagram. My TEDx talk is out there. Um, uh, and the title of it is, uh, if you're a victim of home violence, don't leave, stay. Um, but thank you for this opportunity, Emily. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, um, the more opportunities we have to disclose, to, to talk about this, the better. No, absolutely. And one of my main goals is really to end the stigma that is around mental health and recovery and addiction and just opening these dialogues is so important. So I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge. It's been so helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, I appreciate you. And you were a wonderful host. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of In Layman's Terms. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you for joining us today on this episode. And hopefully we could put this lesson into layman's terms.